0: Hello and welcome to Solid Steps Radio. I am Chad Russell, that is Kurt Souter, and we are a little show here called Solid Steps Radio that started about six years ago with really a couple purposes in mind. We said men are really good at doing sports, weather, and politics. Mm. We can do that all day. We also wanted to tell a story that God was writing in men's lives, Mm -hmm. because a lot of times they don't articulate it, they don't know how to hear it, and it's just foreign, so we wanted to do a show that by no means we're going to hit all the bases, but we were going to be a tool in the toolbox of men that says, you know what, if you want a place to go to, to hear things and topics that you don't hear normally, here we are. So we're here today doing that and we still enjoy it. I'm assuming you still enjoy it. <laughs> I still enjoy <laughs> that's it. a big assumption. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so anyway, so that's what we are and what we do. And today we're talking about a topic which we've covered before, but you can't cover too much. And we've covered this before and I'm pretty sure what I'm getting ready to say was not from me. It was from someone else. Cause if it's really good, it's usually from someone else mm. I've gathered, but I heard someone say, I think uh, that when you get to a certain point in life, it's kind of like if you went to the gym and I handed you a five pound dumbbell and you pick up a five pound dumbbell and you go, gosh, that's light. Mm. And I said, hold that five pound dumbbell out straight out right in front of you. And you go, yeah, okay, no problem. Now, hold it there for an hour and a half. (laughs) Now, come back 90 minutes later, and you're probably shivering, and you may not even be having it up. You're you're quaking. (laughs) So, did it get heavier? And the answer is no. Mm. Still five pounds. You just can't carry it anymore. And so, we're talking today about a topic that I think really with men, this really resonates with guys, is a midlife kind of looking at your life and maybe carrying a five pound weight around for Mm. 20 or 30 years of your life. And then all of a sudden you're starting to quake a little bit inwardly Mm. and guys are going, Oh, wait a minute. What am I supposed to be doing? So we're going to talk today about what it looks like to look at midlife. And by the way, if you're listening to me and you're in your sixties and you go, yeah, you know, I'm going through my midlife. Mm. (laughs) You've got a math problem (laughs) because you're past midlife.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Okay. But, but but it could this could still apply to that.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But my point is, are you now having the conversation with yourself and with other people like we're gonna hopefully have today?
1: Mm. Yeah, so uh, um I gotta connect with Duncan Crosby. Um Golly, we probably uh met 18 years ago. Probably. But, but we just had lunch uh not too long ago, and the the topic um that we're gonna talk about today is this uh you know just realigning. How do mm. we and we brought in James here we are. Um, James Santos. You've been a part of our show. How many times? You've, you've been on a this couple? The second, third or fourth. Two or three, this four is, times or whatever. Third, yeah. And I, when I, I heard that you were coming in, uh, that Duncan was going to bring you in. i like, oh, it's always <laughs> good to have James along. Here we are, always. Here, um, because you, uh, you are a man of wisdom. Mm. And Thank you are a man you. of God. It's just refreshing to have both of you in here Mm-hmm. Thank you. So let's just jump right in. Uh, Duncan, sure. we had lunch, and God has been stirring in your heart. Yes. And and you put something down on paper that just triggered mm-hmm. me, was you, um, sometimes men, live out a script that they hadn't written themselves or that God hadn't put before them. Mm-hmm. Right. Talk about that for a minute. Sure, sure. And
2: I want to thank both of you for the chance to come on and talk about this, because this is, this really is, it's near and dear to my heart. It is, it's been on my mind for a couple of years now. So when we had that conversation, I was primed, I was ready. (laughs) Um, And so, you know, the way that it goes with respect to that script, I had noticed for a a while in my own life, it felt like to some extent, I was almost a passive observer. Mm. Even though I was a believer even though I could tell you proper theology about all kinds of things, I still wasn't exercising real dominion over these issues over my life in really important areas. And so, you know, the script idea is, you know, I, I think when you're, uh, when you're young and unformed, you know, maybe there are some folks who have just a really clear idea of practically from birth. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is what I'm about. But I think that's rare. It is rare. I think it's very, I agree with you. And so, you know, just my own personal experience with that. You and I were talking about this a little bit before. Is that, uh, you know, I had, uh, I was growing up. My parents encouraged me to do well in school, and I was blessed to be able to do well in school. And so, uh, my my father was a, a Yale undergrad, and he had held that out there as sort of like the ultimate thing you could do would be me, to look. get into that. Yeah. Let me. Yeah. So let
1: me just. Did he talk about that a lot, or you just kind of sensed that it was more than a sense? <laughs>
2: It was not subtle. It was, uh, you know, now I, I don't think it would have been, boy, you are a failure if you don't accomplish this. But it was definitely one of those. Hey, I mean, he he was very proud of his alma mater, and so it came up a fair amount. And I, especially as it came time to, over the years, getting into different programs are available in school. You know, are you getting to the next thing? You don't want to be left behind in some way. And then when it came time for college applications, I don't mind telling you, I mean, I, speaking of quaking, I was quaking a little bit because I thought if I don't get, I had put in that application, I'd even gone early action to try to put everything in my favor to get into Yale. And I thought, what am I going to do if I don't get in? Now, I was a believer at this point, but I'm just telling you, I wasn't thinking in proper categories around that, right? I mean, 16, 17 years old, wasn't doing a great job of that. And so I got in, Mm. amazing, right? I mean, this is me living out the script. So I got kudos for that. I got plaudits for that, congratulations, good job. Go off to college, what are you gonna study? I didn't go there for any particular reason. Mm. I just went there because, well, that's what I was supposed to do. And then I got there, and I started, you know, looking at the course guide and getting interested in some things and studying along. I became a philosophy major of all the utterly useless things to do, and so I uh, I did that. And I was, you know, getting on toward the end of school, and my parents are starting to ask, and they're like, well, you know, we've got to got an investment here. Is there, is there a job in your future, right? And I thought, well, I really don't know. But my dad would remind me, he said, you know, I've been looking at the paper, son, and I haven't seen a one ad for a philosopher yet. And so I thought, well, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I definitely don't have to deal with the real world yet. So I'll apply to law school. Now, my dad also had been, had gone to law school, right? And so I, without even meaning to, I'm just following in those footsteps,
1: just kind of walking along and I- Not necessarily wrong. Not bad. Yeah, not bad. I mean, you're, right. you're not going down this this road of evil and going down this pathway doesn't make it wrong, but
2: right. conti- continue on. I got into law school and I ended up going to Harvard for law school and that, and that was all great. But I gotta tell you, the imposter syndrome went through the roof mm-hmm. because whereas getting into college, it was just kind of this big fun experience and whatever. But I thought when I walked onto the Harvard's campus for the first time, I thought this is where the music stops. Like, honestly, the gig is up. Everybody's going to (laughs) know I'm a total failure. Like, I am a fraud. And it turned out, as we were talking about before, that I sort of informal poll. I would guess that somewhere between 75 to 90 percent of the people there were there by default. They just couldn't think of anything else to do. They knew they weren't going to be investment bankers. They knew they weren't going to be doctors. They knew they weren't going to get a Ph.D. in something. So they thought, well, there's always law school. So that's what they did. And just because they were kind of good at school, that's where they ended up, which completely melted my brain, by the way. I mean, that was just one of those things you could have knocked me over with a feather when I found that out, but I ended up making it a whole lot more reasonable. You get done with law school and now what? Yeah, exactly. So I just realized that like, I guess I got to go to get a job, right? I mean, there's no more school to do <laughs> at this point. And so, you know, I had been, uh, my, my dad is from Louisville. My mom's from Eastern Kentucky and I had felt a pull. I grew up in the DC area. Both my parents had ended up there for different reasons, met there, got married. Mm-hmm. That's how all of that happened. So I grew up in the DC area, but I, I had felt a pull back to sort of the roots. Mm-hmm. And so I thought I was going to head back to, to Louisville or come to Louisville really for me for the first time to live. I thought I was coming for family and at that point, before it, I was disabused of this, I thought, well, maybe I have some political aspirations. That'd be a good place to do that sort of thing. And the, what I didn't know was in the background, the Lord had a, a really mighty plan to turn my life around. Because though I was saved at that point, I was I was in the far country. There's, there's no question. I was not living the way that I should have been. But like I said, I was just kind of earning at that point in my life in particular, just kind of grabbing the next thing. Mm -hmm. Just what is it that I'm supposed to be doing and who's doing most of the supposed to's? It's kind of the parents, kind of social expectations. And to your point before, and I think this is what's so dangerous about this, is no one's going to tell you that's a bad thing. I've yet to tell somebody, hey, I went to Yale undergrad and Harvard Law School, which I normally do not introduce myself that way. But I mean, when I do tell people that, nobody goes, I'm sorry. So sorry to hear that for you right (laughs) mostly people say oh congratulations or whatever that must have been kind of whatever it was
0: you know what we're gonna take a break take a break right there because you you take a breath and then we're gonna take a break because (laughs) that's a great story and i'm like (laughs) man because Yale undergrad, Harvard Law School. What we need is a philosophical lawyer, right? Yeah, that's that's right. exactly what we need. <laughs> yes, but or at least an ethical. You may you may dig ditches, or you may work in a factory, and you may think I can't relate to that. But really, he's telling your story too, because where you're supposed to go versus where you're called to go, maybe two different things. So we're going to take a break. We'll be back shortly and talk more about this here on Solid Steps Radio. I want to thank our sponsors for our show, Ellen and Credit Union. They've been around for a long time. They've been helping this community financially. So if you have personal, commercial, business accounts, loans, you need help, Ellen and Credit Union can take care of you. Vision First Eye Care. I just went to Vision First a couple weeks ago, got my eyes checked. I'm still blind, but Dr. Rod Rollo is helping me out with contacts and making sure I'm healthy. Uh, Frank Enterprises, if you have a septic tank or water drainage issue at your house and you need to get, get that taken care of, Frank Enterprises is as good as it gets when it comes to that. And uh, we want to thank those folks for sponsoring our show. So, okay, um, D-
1: Duncan, as you're sharing your story, I think of a proverb, uh, man makes his plans. We, we as men, we make our plans, sometimes not, not real good at that even, yeah. but we make our plans, but God directs our steps. Mm.
2: Yes, so much so. And that's where, you know, when we, hit, we left off before, what had happened, you know, I came to Louisville thinking I was doing one thing. Mm. What I didn't recognize, which was, yeah, you know, I'm going to get a job, Um, I had had a good time. I'd had a couple summers working for the firm that I started with at that time and, and, you know, had a good time there. But I thought I was coming to be with my family. I thought I was coming maybe to do some political things. And what I didn't know was that the Lord had in mind, in very short order, to grab hold of me and pull me back from Mm -hmm. the far country. Because I was living in sin. I mean, just unrepentant, unapologetic sin at that point. And uh, it was in 2004, fall of 2004, that a good friend of mine, uh, had a, who had, I'd done some political things with, had reached out to me, and I thought I was going to get a hard time about not contributing more to the political cause at that point. And instead, at one point in the conversation, I just asked him, so what's going on with you? We'd made some small talk. We'd talked the politics and I just asked him, what's going on with you? And he just exploded with everything that the Lord was doing in his life. And he said, you know, we're it was a Friday night just to prove that God can do anything anywhere. We were at Maker's Mark when that was still a thing (laughs) on Fourth Street Live downtown was over two bourbons that this occurred, that uh, there was a gospel turnaround in my life. And we ended up going to a study the next morning. We thought we were going to one. We ended up going to one that was totally transformative. Mm. Uh, It was at Eric Schonsberg's spiritual disciplines class. He was actually teaching it.
1: It was like a 13-week spiritual disciplines class. Oh,
2: and it was so fantastic. I mean, honestly, I had never... One of the things that had not been a part of my life, and one of the reasons why I'm so grateful for you and everything you've done in your ministry, is I'd never studied the Word with men. Mm. I'd never... I mean, honestly, I hadn't given concerted effort studying the word period, but particularly with men where you could just get real, get down into the dirt, dig that stuff out in front of the, expose that to to the light of yeah. God's word was an amazing transformation for me and set me on a path that has been very far from perfect, but is is a Godward oriented life that, uh, like I said, I've, I've got plenty to apologize <laughs> for, plenty of need for Jesus ever since that moment. But it was a total turnaround and definitely not what I thought was going to happen in my life. Mm. Well,
1: you know, I mean, we, we guys, we just miss out on the kingdom of God and all the mm. goodness that God has in store for us. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes we really believe that God doesn't know what's best and he doesn't, uh, that life will be boring and, um, and, and we're going to miss out. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's such a that is so well said. And
2: I'll tell you the other thing too that I didn't I didn't know until that class, honestly, going through that teaching was you know, there there is a there is a way of living. There are actually things God's given us to do, like going to the gym, the spiritual gym to build up strength in him, in that word, things that he has caused us to say, hey, listen, these are things that my word has set out that you can do. Not that you are earning anything by doing it, yeah. but that it's a way, I think of it, the way I think of it is sort of prostrating yourself before him in certain ways, and he will give the growth. It's up to him to do those sorts of things. I didn't even know that was a thing. Mm. And honestly, like that's part of, that's part of where we're, we're going in this overall concept here is just sort of this idea that, um, without even meaning to, I think a lot of well-meaning believers, and certainly I was way in this category, was I had compartmentalized things. I had spiritual life, right?
1: To the extent it existed, totally disconnected. Mm. Yeah, this little the rest piece of, of the life. pie Yeah, and then the rest of my pie and the rest of my life is, well, it's all these other areas. <laughs> That's right. There's spiritual life and it's little silo and then yeah. real life.
3: You want to make a comment on that, James? No, absolutely. I, I think that's where, you know, Duncan and I connected because in that discipleship, there was another study um, that our mutual friend um, hosted in his home. And again, it's it was through relationships that, again, I think as, as you know, Duncan is sharing about his, his story in this script, I think the interweaving right, of relationships, and then things that were coming alive. I was also single back then, figuring out life on my own. But I think as I see God's providence and how he works, and we see this in Scripture, right, Kurt, is he always works through people. It's never just one individual. I know he called Abraham, called Moses, but it's always with people. And in that small group, I mean, I met you know, other people too that are still lifelong friends. But I think that's the thing about scripts, right? Or I, I all our stories. I love Eugene Peterson's, you know, definition of stories, right? Is that stories is the inward act of hospitality. And it took uh, a person that we mutually know to open up his home. And I think a lot of our, you know, meetings and connections is like kind of similar to you, Kurt, was over lunch, Ours was over meals and coffee shops. But I think in navigating through midlife stuff, you need those spaces, right? You need those homes, you need those coffee shops to to be able to flesh out, you know, these things that I think we're wrestling with. Because we're not coming, you know, having it figure it out. I mean it's we're working it out in process. We're having the, and and we're having these
1: conversations yep. that really need to take place. That's right. Yes. And so uh you 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 mentioned Duncan about autopilot, yes, and how we can and that's not all bad, right? But it's also could have some serious dangerous areas of if we're just running on autopilot mm-hmm. and we're not having these conversations. A, yep, right. Just d- comment on that. Duncan. Oh, very much so.
2: Sure. And you just think about an autopilot. Yeah, I've am i never flown a plane, but you can think about it uh, easily enough with your car and think about your cruise control, right? I mean, that's a beautiful thing if you aren't setting it to get yourself a ticket, right? To go yeah. in the wrong direction. Or if you're in a plane and you're putting an actual course heading, right? And you haven't done that carefully at first, you can very quickly find yourself way off where you had intended to be if you didn't yeah. intending to go anywhere at all, right? And so that's the real problem with autopilot. It's not that set it and forget it is always a bad idea in your life. It's the question when you're doing the setting, number one, don't forget it forever. But number two, when you're doing the setting, are we doing that in a biblical God-centered kind of way, or are we just kind of going with the flow, Mm -hmm. right? Because one of the things that it's, if you're a fish and you're swimming, you don't know you're wet, right? And so we live in a world where we're surrounded by worldly things. And mm-hmm. so frankly, you can put your life on autopilot in certain ways, career trajectory, uh, how you're spending your money, how you're spending your time. What are you watching? Mm-hmm. Boy, this is a big one these days, right? What are you watching? What are you listening to? What are you taking in? And people ask you, even good Christians, like, hey, did you see this thing on Netflix? I'm not saying that Netflix is all bad, but that kind of a question, right? Just realizing like you are setting yourself. There are certain things that are kind of on autopilot there that if you don't realize, if you hadn't been thoughtful about that in the first place and prayerful about that in the first place, you might be setting autopilot settings that will put you in a bad spot down the line and you didn't even know you were doing it. It's almost subconscious.
1: Because we're, we're going down the road of life and it leads somewhere. I mean, yes. I, I love what Andy Stanley says, you know, we're on the principle of the path. And mm-hmm. the path always leads somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And so, yeah. So the road just, you're on determines where you're going, absolutely, right? Whatever your intention absolutely. is. Absolutely. So, yeah. Duncan, back to your story. Yeah. Well, you, you're so you're practicing law here. You're doing your thing, and but God is getting your attention. Not 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 yes. just your attention in like okay, you were far off in the in the wayward land, right? And mm-hmm. He's drawing you back to that. But even specifically. In your job, and because okay, I go to Yale and then I go to Harvard and then I become an attorney and then I, you know, I practice law and I'm just in the middle of this. But God's, God's drawing you and
0: and speaking to you, right? Um, we're going to pick that up in the next segment. And the next, we want to hear more about. There had to be a some type of <laughs> moment. It was the aha moment, and it sounded like when he yes. started to get with other men. So we're going to take a break. Come back in the next segment and hear how the trajectory of his life changed, and the mm-hmm. questions he started—maybe the questions he started to ask himself—that mm-hmm. we need to be asking ourselves, or even other people that we love and care about. So we're going to take a break. Be back shortly here on Solid Steps Radio. I want to thank our sponsors, Louisville Podcast Studios. It, our we're right now in the studio of this place. That if you want to put a professional looking sounding podcast because it's more it's multidimensional now it's not just what you sound like it's what you look like all, all the different pieces of the puzzle podlu.com that's p-o-d-l-o-u dot com if you want to do that if you're in the louisville area that's louisville podcast studios bright star home care if you know someone who who you love who needs home in home care They need to get visited once a week, or they need 24-7 care. Bright Star Home Care are the people you need to have that conversation with. Dan Hart Financial, if you want to retire, I want to even talk about what that looks like, and you want somebody to get an overview of your finances for the long haul, Dan Hart is a great organization and got to do that. Southern Smoke Catering Barbecue, award-winning Southern Smoke Catering Barbecue, Barbecue. They are my favorite sponsor because they taste great and he brings us brisket. <laughs> um, <laughs> southernsmokecatering.com They are catering only and you'll love Chris and his crew. southernsmokecatering.com Catering.com and then Iroquois Family Dental, uh, Eric Veal Let and his go. crew. Let me go see him tomorrow. <laughs> I'm taking my son tomorrow. What time are you going? Oh
1: my goodness, 9 30. We'll think. be there at 10. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Wow, yeah, nice. well, there Eric go. Beal's good dude. <laughs> we
0: we'll thank those folks for sponsoring the show.
2: Okay,
1: so James and Duncan, uh, you know, we're talking about this midlife kind of correction. And really, in one sense, uh, Duncan, you, you said uh, there's probably some things stirring, even mm-hmm. in your 30s. Yes. Um, but for all – the guy – if you're listening – Really this, it doesn't have to be like it's you know, right at 40 years old. You, you can be in your 30s, 40, 50, and even beyond, there's corrections. But talk talk to our guys, our listeners, about a midlife correction and how do you know?
2: Yeah. No, that's great. <clears throat> that's a great question. So I think the, I think one of the things that's great about midlife, I can't speak for women on this, but for guys, this seems to be a universal phenomenon. With respect to the things that you, maybe you had been thinking, golly, I, maybe I do need to, I need to do, I mean to make a change here. Something needs to be different. Mm-hmm. I'll get to it later, right? It just seems like life is going to kind of stretch on out. You know, intellectually, there's an end coming. You know from scripture, I mean, this isn't something we should necessarily be putting off, but you do it anyway, mm-hmm. right? You procrastinate. I think one of the gifts of midlife, as much as people want to, uh, you know, there are downsides to it, to be sure, right? But there's something nice about your realizing that you were talking about holding that five pound weight out there. I thought, oh, heavens to Betsy, I'm glad nobody's asking me to do that because maybe, you know, 10 years ago, catch me in 90 minutes. Today, catch me in 90 seconds. You know, I mean, it's a different world. Your body's letting you know. Mm -hmm. And I think this is a gift. I don't know, in, in a sense, right? If we're not on this side of eternity being reminded, that this life is going to end right there. It really is. There, there's a thing to this mortality. So that's one of the mm-hmm. things that I think is a gift about this midlife correction, midlife realignment is that it just brings into focus, hey man, lap one is done. Mm-hmm. Half one is done. You don't know how much more time you have. You don't know how, so whatever you've been doing and the way I thought about it, what had really crystallized it in my mind was yeah. the parable of the talents more than anything else. Because, you know, by this point, when I'm really thinking, and this this hit me hardest, sort of end of 2018 into 2019, was, I mean, by this point, I'm, I'm married to a wonderful, beautiful woman who I had actually met taking care of kids in Southeast. Uh, great place to meet wives, evidently. So there you highly recommend it. Um, <laughs> it's a, you know, I have four wonderful children by this point. Um, I'm doing well in my career. I mean, from the outside everybody would say you're on the right path. Mm. You're doing the right thing. And that's what, I, honestly, I think in certain ways is really dangerous and insidious about this. Because what can look really good from the outside may not be mm. what you're ultimately supposed to be about. Mm-hmm. And so I was thinking about from the terms of the parable of talents because I just felt like this, like there was something still in the ground. You know, you're thinking about the five-talent guy, the two-talent guy, and the one-talent guy. And his, you know, he just had buried that sucker in the ground right mhm and you realize you know of course from from reading the parable it's not it's not that the 5 talent guy was rewarded more for what he did than the 2 talent guy it's not about the number of talents it's have you taken what god has given you and given it everything you have by you know with the help mm-hmm. of the spirit and the guidance of his word and the best counsel you can get are you out there making the most of what god has given you and making the most of every opportunity and i just i, I had this deep seated sense that I was not. Mm. And I don't mind telling you again, when you've got four kids and a mortgage and, you know, and your bills to pay and you're doing well in a career and you have to tell your wife and your family and your friends, you're like, I don't know. Mm. I think, I think maybe I need a different course here. Maybe I need to push pause and reevaluate. Um there is a, there's a tightening of the throat.
3: Yeah. (laughs) That could
1: be a a scary conversation. Yeah.
2: Oh man. And I give, I am so grateful to the Lord uh, and, and grateful to my wife who she, and I talked through this and prayed through this and she ultimately got comfortable with the idea. So I actually, I walked away from the firm. I I Mm -hmm. shut things down for a year right as COVID was coming on, by the way, I'll just tell you, if you need any guidance about when a major crisis of any kind is going to occur, just watch if I make a big change. If I make a big change, global calamity is coming, I promise you. There's more to that story, but James knows it all. Yeah. Um, but at any rate, uh, she, she stood by me through that whole thing and, it, and taking that time away, letting me try a few other things. And ultimately, I practice with the firm today in a different capacity. But I got to tell you, my whole attitude is different. The way, I, the way that I approach things is entirely different. I have a much, much more of a sense of gratitude and a sense of mission about what I'm doing now. And, than and I did before, and probably peace. Oh yes, mm-hmm. very much so, very much so. So I think that goes to your point. You know, we were talking about well, how do we talk to guys about this? Some of it may be the idea that it doesn't mean you have to have a major life change. Yeah. It doesn't mean that your career has to change. You're going to do something entirely different. You're going to quit your job and and go into the mission field. Maybe you do. Maybe mm-hmm. that's exactly what you need to yeah. do. It might not be. It might just be pushing pause at least mentally taking the time away, I know we, we've uh, talked a little bit before, not in this program yet, but about uh, Bob Buford's book, Half Time. Yeah. And just taking the time, even if it's half an hour a day, mm. for a couple of weeks to sit down with your Bible and your journal and your wife at the right time and whatever else, and just thinking through, is this Mm-hmm. Where am I on course? Where do things seem to be doing the right thing? Where are my talents well deployed, mm-hmm. and where do I still have stuff in the ground, yeah. or where do I need to reallocate? Where do I need to Where do I need to pivot? Mm. That's how I think about it, James. How do you think about these? Yeah, things? I mean,
3: I think in times that we were, you know, navigating, we were talking it out, right? I'm, 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 categories that are coming is that you were able to state some of your laments and losses, but also your longings. And I think paying attention to those things are really important, which it's fascinating, right? Romans 8 is one of those definitive chapters in the Bible. And the more I've read through Romans 8, isn't it fascinating that the longest section in the middle of Romans 8 are about groanings, Mm. the groanings of the world, the groanings in us, but also the spirit groaning in behalf of us. For us. And for us. So I think one of the keys, if we are going to align... At midlife, I think we have to listen to the groans and the laments and losses as well as the longings. Yes. Right? And to experience, I think, the love of God in the midst of it, because which I love the last two verses of Romans eight, because for neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things to come, nor height nor death, nor anything else in all creation shall be able to separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. That mm. at the middle, even of our groanings, God says, I'm gonna meet you. And love you through it, and I think that's what you did, right? Not knowing the the end goal, yeah. but you wrestled with the laments and lo- you know and, and losses and longings. I,
1: I think most guys do not even understand the the deep desires mm-hmm. of their
3: hearts. Yep. Yes,
1: that's right. And um, you know, Psalm says, "Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart." Yep but many times we don't even know those longings. We don't even know our desires. And and what you said, Duncan, about how we need to just push pause, call time out, whatever that, look. it'll look different for all of us, but Mm -hmm. we need to reflect. We need to think through what are those longings? What are those desires? And lay them before the Lord And and it might not be you know you have been practicing law and now you're going to go become a plumber you know I mean right. <laughs> yeah. probably not yep um, right. but when we think through and we pray through and we lay that before the Lord that gives Him an opportunity Absolutely. to lead and guide us
3: yep if you've
2: been in the Word and you know if you if you are surrounding yourself if you if you're bearing yourself in the Word you're receiving good teaching you're, you are you are Having conversation or taking counsel from other godly men throughout all this, Mm -hmm. part of this, you know, he will give you the desires of your heart. Like those desires, if we've if we've put our hearts before him, he's shaping our hearts to have the right kinds of desires, right? Absolutely, that's so crucial because that verse can be so easily misused. That's not what we mean here Mm -hmm. at all. This whole idea that he's going to give us desires that we should have for his kingdom, right? Because that's that, and that's the stuff. I mean, part. But we'll talk
0: about that a little bit more later on. Wow, that's a good segue for a guest, isn't it? I like that look. When I pointed to the clock and he stopped in midsection, he goes, oh, yeah, okay. So we're going to take a break. We're going to come back for a fourth and final section uh, segment here on Solid Steps Radio. So we'll be back shortly. Thanks for listening to Solid Steps Radio. We want to thank... Uh, the Southeast Outlook. They've been around for 20 years as of uh, the recording of this show, and they've been telling the story that God is writing in this city and all around the world. And we also want to take Veritech Generators. If you have a business or home and you do not have a generator and you've experienced having no power, Veritech Generator is the company that can help you have power when nobody else does by having a backup for your home or your business. Or if you have one and you need to get service, Veritech Generator can take care of that as well. They just dis- mm.
1: they just serviced my generator. There so, you go. Yeah. So grateful for those guys. Okay, so, you know, we're talking about this correction, midlife correction. It could be in your thirties, forties, fifties even. I-, I wanted James, you to comment on talk to the, the man right now who possibly is chasing youthful, no matter what
3: age he yeah. is, youthful sinful follies. Yeah. You know, in understanding sin or sins these days, right, it's it's always parasitic. Sin appears to be good, but what it does, it distorts it to bad. And so we're really choosing to be more subhuman than actually fully human. Because to truly, you know, pursue God in what is good is to truly honor him with our life and not that we define good and evil on our own terms right and that's really a part of the invitation in genesis 3 that god's first question is not what did you do it's where are you i think of the prodigal son you see this absolute like oh you want your inheritance which communicates that father you're good as dead in my eyes which we see the father allowed him to do that till he came to his senses And yeah, we see this generous father saying, I'm pursuing you, I'm here. And so I don't know, I I think for those who are chasing youthful, sinful follies, what you think is protecting you is really killing you. Mm -hmm. And the invitation is to come home.
2: Oh, amen. I was going to say one of the, uh, you know, there are a few verses that I've had on my mind going through this process for myself and in wanting to bring those mm-hmm. to other men to help think through these things as well. And I think particularly for the kind of guy you're talking about here, who, you know, cause the typical midlife crisis mode is I like, go oh, get the fancy car or maybe a new wife or a mm-hmm. whatever, right? You just guys going off the rails in just sort of obviously Idiotic sin. I mean, just things you know—they're dis- they are dishonoring God, destroying their lives. You know, why do that? A verse that uh, has been on my mind around these things is from—is John ten ten. You know, mm-hmm. the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Mm-hmm. It's being reminded. We were talking about this during the break that you know, God's plan is not for you to be miserable, mm-hmm. right? I mean, God's plan is. For you to have eternal powerful joy in him yep. now that doesn't mean that we don't have that you don't say no to the things that might seem thrilling in the moment right mm-hmm. for the greater thing which is christ himself yeah ultimately he is our chief joy but just keeping that in mind you know because i think this it's not just like you said this isn't just advice i would give to people mm-hmm. in this stage of life i would give it to teenagers right? Who are being tempted for the first time in a lot of ways with some of these things. I would give it to the person who's in their sixties, seventies, and trying to find the old thrill again, whatever that is. Just be reminded those cheap momentary thrills are nothing compared to indestructible Mm -hmm. joy in Christ. Mm -hmm. That's what we want, right? And so let's orient ourselves toward that. Uh, Just throw a couple more in here Mm because I I think this is helpful. Um, and Paul's helping us out in First Thessalonians five sixteen to 18. Mm-hmm. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. Mm-hmm. What is God's will for my life? Oh, wait, he finishes it. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. Rejoice yeah. always, right? Yeah. By the way, now I am going to tell this little story on my friend James over here. We were in that <laughs> Bible study at our friend's house. He used to put on spectacular culinary spreads i mean yes. they were they were un, unrivaled unequaled in my experience anyway and i had never seen someone pray with a cookie in their mouth before but james santos did it he was he was eating this cookie and and literally praying out loud the whole time i'd never seen someone do that giving praise and glory to god for this awesome cookie yeah no seriously he yeah. was saying thank you jesus he was saying i remember you would take a bite he would say oh thank you he would close his eyes and would just thank you jesus for this cookie oh, it was so man. delicious thank you for taste buds and i was like you know why am I taking yeah. that for granted? I need to eat like this guy. Uh,
3: thank you, dad and mom, for <laughs> modeling that well for me. There you go. Really? You, you saw that your mom and oh, dad did Oh, they, they did. It oh, was like, that's... that's Filipino culture for oh, you. It's, they're very expressive with their food.
1: That's
0: so. <laughs> that is that's a beautiful thing. That's yeah. one of the best. That's expressive expressive their in their food. Yeah, yeah, why not? I know some people are expressing their food a lot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Look at their waistline.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, well, I,
1: I, I want to, um, as we begin to wrap up, I, I want to give our listeners and just have you guys just comment on this. This has been helpful for me. And I, as I shared this with other men, it's been helpful. It's four questions. And, and so listeners, it's not complicated, but you might want to just jot these down. The four questions are what's right in your life. What's wrong. What's missing. What's confusing. And you can break it down into a whole bunch of areas, but let me just mention four. Personally, spiritually, your family, and vocationally, your job. Mm -hmm. Comment on that, guys, and then we'll wrap it up.
3: Yeah, I mean, when I hear you say, Kurt, what is right, I hear is what's good. And we're going through a Genesis series, and we we forget that what's repeated, you know, in, in chapter one of Genesis is this is good, this is good, this is good. And in the midst of a culture today in a, in the pandemic, all we're listening to is what is bad. But no, Mm. I think it's, there's something wholesome about asking and stopping to say, what is right about my life right now? Mm. I mean, we've heard Duncan say that about, you know, marriage and family. And I I I don't know that it's the first thing I gravitated to is yeah. What is good? What is right?
2: Yeah. Well, and I mean and making sure I, li- I like those categories that you broke down into because those are things that are on guys' minds a lot, right? Mm. I mean, ideally, they're Christians that, you know, what is what does God's word have to say about my marriage, about my work, about my kids? You know, how am I taking God's word and really working that into every aspect mm. of my life, right? If that's that's how I'm going to get to that point of rejoicing, always praying continually doesn't mean I'm always literally with my mouth uttering prayers. How is my life a prayer? Mm. That's where we want to yeah. be at every stage.
1: Uh, that's good stuff. Duncan, thank you. James, thank, thank you. you. And uh, just grateful for uh, you guys sharing. Um, James, would you pray Absolutely. for us guys mm-hmm. that whatever corrections we need to make, uh, realignment, mm-hmm. Whether it's Duncan, what you did, or what my good preacher buddy did, he he stepped down from being a preacher, and now he's he's just leading the five hundred one C three ministry, mm-hmm. and he's still doing ministry, but it's just different than his um kind of traditional pastoral
3: role. Yeah. What, whatever that looks like,
1: would you pray for us, please?
3: Absolutely. Yeah, let's pray. God, thank you for this opportunity that we have to encourage one another, to encourage men, and. Those men who are listening to this interview and this, this uh, conversation, Lord, I, I pray that through even our conversation today and our topic, it is an invitation to really answer the question, where, are, where am I? Mm-hmm. And to be able to be honest with that. And so, Lord, we thank you that you are gracious, compassionate, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. Mm-hmm. And your calling to us is to come home to come home to you, to come home to ourselves and to mm. others, Lord God, that you have surrounded us. And so wherever we find ourselves at this moment, we know that the invitation is welcome and in that we can rest. And we ask all this in Christ's
0: name. Amen. Mm. Amen. Amen. Thanks James. Thanks Duncan. Thank you. You know, we talked about men. We, we talked about career a lot today, and I always like to throw this out there. Bible trivia. What was Paul's job? people will kind of pause and go, well, what? I said, it says he was a tent maker.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now I have to imagine he spent a lot of time making tents. What's Paul known for?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He was the apostle to the Gentiles and we wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation. His job didn't define who he was, but he had a job. Yeah. So whether or not we are working full time and getting a paycheck from a law firm donations, we are all called to be workers In the kingdom. Mm -hmm. What is your call and your job in the kingdom? And all men, by the way, we haven't said this on the show yet. We believe here at Solid Steps Radio that you are not fulfilling your full destiny as a man or woman, if you're listening, ladies, if you are not walking as a son or daughter to the Father by, through, and with the blood of Jesus Christ. That if you have not been born again in Him, gone from spiritual orphan to adopted son or daughter, you're not fulfilling god's destiny for your life Mm -hmm. and at the end of the day we want to get a lot of orphans adopted into the family Mm -hmm. that's the main work we're supposed to be doing we are ministers of the gospel whether no matter where you're getting your check the fact that we're having the questions that these guys have talked about today that's important if you're not asking them start asking them and look in jesus's direction thank you for listening to solid steps radio